Hello, Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Well, hi, Michelle. Here we are again. We're hi. Zooming again. It's been a while. How are hey, you? Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. The, as we know, the snow is and winter is coming. So now <laughs> it's a little cooler. Uh, it's not so tempting to go outside and be distracted from all the things we're supposed to be doing inside, which is kind of kind of crazy. But yeah, things are good. Things are good. I've I don't know if I've mentioned this on our podcast, but I am working full time now um, for the Center for Character and Leadership Development that is located on the Air Force Academy base, and. It, obviously started at a time where they're not going to a challenge course and they're not team building face-to-face anymore. I am now better late than never forced into creating team building programs online. Wow. And you know, the learning curve, Uh very surprising, Uh, a couple of good surprises, but you know, as you've also found out, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Got to figure it out, you know, figure out what works um, I had a big learning was I created this whole program and my, my wonderful colleagues were saying, you know, you got to cut some slides. I'm like, no, I can do it. And they mm-hmm. were so nice to me. They let me do it and they let me epically fail, which <laughs> is, you know, sometimes we, you know, we got to do that and then yeah. go, okay. And then, and then kind of swallow the pride and say, okay. And then I chipped it down a little bit more. And I tried it again and it's still, they're still just smiling and saying, you'll get it. You'll get it. And then I finally led one with an outside group because they were, we were practicing and then it, it, you know, good. So good learning. And I finally got it to a point where I think it's doable, but it just doesn't feel like you get enough time ever to do anything, whether you're virtual or face-to-face. It's always the same thing, never enough time. So you got to use the time wisely, do what you can in the time that you have. Yeah. You just told me 29 days straight? Yeah, I had uh, 26 days straight of virtual programs, weekends, everything included, sometimes two and three programs in one day. So I hit the end of November and I was so burnt out. Like it just, I got there and I was like, oh goodness, that is so much screen time and a lot of work. And uh, December has been also equally busy, but not so straight, like every single day kind of facilitation. It's been nice to not have to be on every single day. And I'm now working on, you know, other things. I've got book projects. I've got a home renovation project going and like all, all kinds of different things. So yeah, that's good variety. I like the variety of things, you know, Hey, I don't want to do this now, but I've got all these other things. Uh Yeah, that's good. You know, keeps you, keeps you motivated, looking forward. Yeah. Well, uh, let's jump to our question. Okay. One of our team builder friends, Matt, sent in a question asking for suggestions in getting more engagement with a group, whether in person or virtually. So you and I talked before the show saying, let's, we'll do virtually in this episode, and then we'll do a part two, talk about engagement with in-person groups We'll probably have to even 
Will it be different if we're masking or not? But you and I will sort that out. In this episode, let's talk about engagement with virtual groups. I have now a little more experience. You have a lot of experience. And we're going to preface this also. Matt is asking more along the lines of engagement during processing types of sessions or debrief sessions. Could be anywhere within the program. But his interest in how do we get more of the participants to speak out and share seems to be the energy around this email. There's engagement during an activity that could even be another episode, of course. But we're going to talk specifically about discussing yeah. activity experiences. So virtually, what do you think? Why don't you lead us off? You know, I think you know, in his email, he also said, I'm very intentional about my sequence and the activities. And then I get to ask questions. And then all of a sudden, it just falls flat. Nobody's engaging and nobody's answering the questions. You know, my first response to that would be, you have to be just as intentional with your debriefing that you do with your activities. He also mentioned, you know, I've, I've thought out some of my, you know, I'm, I'm asking open-ended questions, I'm doing all these things, and it's, I'm still not getting the level of engagement. In the virtual space, you know, that we all know can be a challenging space to facilitate groups anyway, but I think there's unique ways that you can engage the group with preset questions. If you've, again, pre-thought out your what, so what, now what questions, that really do tie into the activity that you just led, then you could, I think a couple different ways. One, you could just make a slide that has all of the different questions that you want a group to answer. And then you can send them into breakout rooms to answer those questions themselves. And if you feel like they're not going to be maybe answering the questions in breakout rooms, maybe they're going to talk about other things then maybe you could do something like they have to record a response to each one of those questions in a shared Google Doc for their breakout room or something like that. And I find that helps with the accountability piece. If you do send people into breakout rooms to have a conversation, this is a way that they you know, almost have to show that they really are doing the work and walking through those questions on their own. And I've done that as well. And one of the things I found that was helpful, if you have a slide of questions, maybe two, no more than three, I would say, I have my participants take a picture just with their phone of the slide or a screen capture. Uh, you can also put the questions in a chat. My understanding, they can still open the chat from inside the breakout room. That's correct. And see the questions. Mm -hmm. and that could help. So reference. Uh, one of the things that I struggle with is about challenge by choice as mm -hmm. well. If the expectation, if you as a facilitator go in with, you know, I want everyone to participate in discussions and having them write out their response in a Google Doc would be that evidence of participation. Is it adhering to a challenge by choice philosophy? You are forcing them to answer. And sometimes you have to, if you are expecting full engagement, sometimes you got to make people do stuff. Like you got to make right. people do homework. You got to make people turn in assignments if they want to grade. Right. If we're expecting um, the idea of engagement, we front load with Hey, everyone will be answering. My expectation in this experience, based on the group you're working with, I'm going to expect an answer from everyone. So do your best. Dig in a little bit. And if you'd rather type it out, let's provide a Google Doc. 
if you'd rather, you know, if you're able to speak out in with your group, um, just make sure that everybody has a chance to share something within the group. So hold yourself accountable to that engagement. Going back to what's your expectation? If you can let go of not everyone's going to be engaged, then maybe you got you feel a little better about engagement. But yeah, good tools. There's also the pop in to the breakout group and you are in there then checking in with everybody to see if everybody's engaged and everybody's talking and sharing information. I don't have to hear it all. As you, you could say, I don't have to hear it all, but does everybody have an opportunity to share? And then you, you're, you're reinforcing that expectation in a breakout room. Yeah. What else? Other engagement tips? Yeah, I think if you also, you know, if you're using the Google Doc, I mean, you could always, I suppose, you know, allow people to have the option of not responding in the Google Doc. They could type their name and say, I choose not to answer. I mean, that that I think would still keep us in line with the challenge by choice philosophy, but then also know that there was a response given it, you know, in there. They engaged, right? They did engage. So it's also, how do you define engagement? Right, true. Yeah, yeah, cool. What else? Another thing that I like to do is, uh, you know, a free website that I sometimes will do if I am, if I have a small group in the virtual space, I will use a website called wheelofnames.com. That one there is so fun to put it in your participants' names on this wheel. You click the wheel, it spins, and then it randomly chooses a person to answer the question and it throws confetti and it cheers and it says, woohoo! I love it and participants love it. And when you go back and look at recording later, everybody totally smiles. I mean, it's really fun to watch the, you know, the confetti being thrown and the congrats, we have a winner type of thing. So what I do then is I have two screens up and I'll have one that is the wheel of names one. So we know who gets to answer the question. And then I'll have my slide deck open that has the questions that I want them to answer. What I like about that feature also, or that website is that then you can actually remove the person from the list after they've answered a question. So that way you ensure a little bit more of equity on screens. Nice meaning that everybody gets an opportunity to answer a question. Now, I would only do that if I, you know, from a processing point of view, if I were leading a a group of 12 people and I was doing the traditional sit and get circle, usually only one person would be talking while everybody else is listening. Kind of 10 to 12 is about my maximum that I would do if I really wanted everyone to have a response. Now, that's, again, a little bit more of a forced response, right? that I, you know, you got chosen, so you get to answer this question type of thing. And it might feel a little game showy, but it's also one of those where if you are asking questions and getting crickets as responses, then this is a way that you can at least get a response from somebody. You're finding fun tools for them to engage in. Just recently, I used the circle Shiji cards, the yin yang. What are those called? Pocket processor pocket processors. I took a picture, cut out the circles in a sense on digital program, and then put those on a slide and then had people pull it up. Um, would you pref- Do you prefer to keep your thoughts to yourself or you, do you prefer to share your more comfortable sharing with others? And then you annotate so you can then stamp one side or the other of the card next to the card. So you're making it visually engaging. And then they don't have to talk necessarily. You, you may get them to annotate if they know right. how. So you got to teach them how to annotate. You could do slides that would allow them to type things in 
in annotations in a, for everybody to see things at the same time. I find that a little more fun than the chat. You can use the chat to type in answers, but if you annotate, then, then you're seeing it all in the same spot. So you say, give us two or three words about this topic, or give us two or three words about how you're feeling right now. That way we can type a little bit in everybody's response. Uh, another thing, you're, you're familiar with the stop and go, red, green, yellow, where I, I put a stop and go on the slide and boxes next to red, green, and yellow. And I say, annotate, give me a stamp where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they know what that red, yellow, green is. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm a green, yellow. I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but I'm here. Red, I'm not in a good space. So we at least visually can see where people are at and they're engaged. They don't have to talk. Uh, you had mentioned poll, the poll in Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, do you, you, do you use another polling tool? I use pollingeverywhere.com. That's my the one that I you know have all of my pre-built out ones. But that's another way that if you want to get good feedback and some good responses from people, that's another one that you can you know put in your processing questions. You can either do an open-ended one, you can do a word cloud, things like that. And you had mentioned annotation. You could also like with chiji cards or with pictures and images and things like that. You know, basically, if you put eight to nine different images up on the screen and use the annotation that way, like pick a pick a card that best describes how you felt during this last activity and then have them either stamp or put their name next to the one that they really like. And then you can pick somebody. I try to make sure that I hear from each person at least one time. That also just lets them lean in at a little bit different level. I think if you front loaded at the beginning saying throughout this program, I'm going to be calling on each one of you at least one time to answer one of the debriefing questions or answer what you're learning, what you're getting out of this. And sometimes I even use the language. I'm going to ask you to lean in on this and really, you know, up your level of engagement. So sometimes it's just the level of your expectations and explaining that to them ahead of time that can help with that engagement in the virtual space. It's also important, just like we were face-to-face, is to provide space for them to think and then answer. Mm -hmm. Putting the question up on a slide, as you said, front load, hey, we would like engagement. I'm, I'm I'm just inviting you to engage as much as you can. And then setting my own as a facilitator expectation of what engagement is. Put a slide up. So here's the question. During this last activity, how did you contribute? Mm-hmm. And then you say, I'm, we're going to give you one minute to think about this. On the next slide is our annotation slide. I want you to open your annotations and your text feature and then type it out. Let's think about it right now. So versus throwing the slide up at them right away, Keep the question out there for a minute, a good minute, and be patient. Let them absorb and then say, okay, uh, you know, I hope everybody would contribute. I hope you feel safe enough to contribute, but let's contribute on this next slide. Then you go. So slowing it down a little bit uh, is something that I'm learning is really providing the time for them to think and then respond. Mm-hmm. Making it very easy to respond, starting out with annotations. And then you had mentioned about group size. What about group size, putting groups together? What are your thoughts? If I really want each person to think through and talk through what they're learning, then I usually only do three to four people in a breakout room. 
Because if you stick eight people in a breakout room, then it is very easy to sit and say nothing and let everybody else do the talking. So, but at three and four people, that is, it's awkward if nobody talks. So that's kind of my rule of thumb. Now in the larger space, I, you know, if I'm, if I'm only leading a group of 10, I'll sometimes keep them all in the main session room and not send them into breakout rooms. You mentioned the um, nonverbal ways of engaging. Um, another one that I use is just the thumbs up, thumbs sideways, thumbs down. You had mentioned the stoplight, but that's another super easy one to do in the virtual space that also is visually engaging. It adds a little bit of movement, even though it's, you know, still just sitting and, and uh, moving your thumb, thumbs up, thumbs sideways, thumbs down and show where you're at on the different questions that you ask. Or you could even do just a version of have you ever right? Where you ask people to stand up and sit down, stand up if you felt really engaged in that last activity. All right. Now everyone sit back down. I have one, have you ever set to a song? So it's like two minutes in length, but then I have multiple questions. Each slide runs automatically for eight seconds. It flashes on the screen. You get, you know, two seconds to like read it. And then if it applies to you, you stand up for three seconds and then you sit back down and then the next one will pop up. And that's also a great way to add some much needed movement in the virtual space, but you could make all of your questions, debriefing questions. And what did you learn? And I learned this. And and then you can kind of gauge what people got out of the activity on the number of people that stand up and sit down on each one of the prompts. These tools are about changing it up, right? We like that. We We change different ways to present if we're specifically focusing on debriefing processing questions versus just asking a question. Can you give a visual of something? Can you do the music like you have music and then slides? Can you get them moving? I like the physical thumbs up versus the reaction on Zoom. You don't need to take four seconds to find the reaction and, you know, just do it on the screen. Now you can see engagement. With larger groups, a little more challenging to do visuals. I use the name tag feature in the Zoom and your video to give one word responses to things. So quickly type in red, yellow, or green. Quickly type in a one word feeling that you're at right now. So now we can look at all the videos and see where everybody is. And then go back, rename yourself. So you're getting them to type, you're getting them to move. So defining engagement is going to be important. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it to you if you if it's if you are the one evaluating? What are your expectations about engagement? Make them clear, like you said. Hey, tell them we'd love you to participate. I'd love you to be engaged, and this is what my expectations are. And then, hopefully, letting go of not everyone participating, but working with those who are. You know, who's engaging and speak and teach and facilitate to those people. And then, outside tools outside of Zoom virtually find some fun tools that will work and engage people with the questions. I love the wheel of names. Very cool. Make it fun, make it engaging and exciting. That way, maybe that will draw them in more and and get them to engage more. So if your participants are getting, they're really engaged in the activity, but then they're not engaging in the processing and debriefing, is that you just need to relook at how you're presenting the debrief. And if they are rolling their eyes and going, ugh, now we have to talk about our feelings and what we learned, that's not what we want from the processing and debriefing. We don't want that to be the awful, boring part at the end of the fun stuff, right? So looking at debriefing where you're still getting good information, that you're still allowing that time for reflection, they're reflecting on what just happened, why you just did it, why it was important, 
and how they can apply what they learn, but doing it in a way that engages them, that they want to participate in and not just sit and verbally give an answer. Nice. Hopefully this is a good virtual look at engagement. Next time, uh, Michelle and I will talk about face-to-face. And I know I don't know how many people on this second wave of our COVID experience are actually getting back out there, but we'll talk about engaging when you're together. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building.